0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Underwater. Listen carefully. You are now 5,000 miles from land, and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. i right, we're going to do this? Let's do this. from one to 10. How bad's my rig? 10. We drilled to the bottom
1: of the ocean and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there?
0: We walk. We just did a walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever. What was that? Turn your lights off. Trailer for underwater, and the story is as follows. Mysterious creatures terrorize crew members aboard a research station located seven miles below the surface of the ocean. The film is starring Kristen Stewart, Vincent Cassell, Jessica Henwick, John Gallagher Jr., Mamudu Afi, and TJ Miller. It is directed by William Ubank and co-written by Brian Dufield and Adam Kozad. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Josh Parr. Hello, hello. All right, Josh. It's January. That it is. (laughs) (laughs) The dumping ground. Anything other than 1917 just gets left to die. (laughs) So, underwater, long delayed, long production history. T.J. Miller's in this movie. That's how you know this movie's had a long production history. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Our first 2020 uh, film review this year, and... Not many people were willing to jump on this one, I guess, right away. So I, I tossed it off to you first, actually. You know, for a sci-fi creature, thriller, horror thing of a movie that this is, uh, what did you ultimately think of Underwater?
1: Well, I would actually first say that as somebody who has an affection for these kinds of movies, I, I walked into this movie not expecting a ton, but hoping to have a good time with it. I really do like – schlocky creature features and I don't ask for much than just to be kind of basically entertained and you know I'm gonna be honest with you man I think for the most part I kind of was it's not a great movie I would certainly not argue that at all it definitely is lacking in the character development and basic plot mechanics in a lot of instances and it's not the most like well put together movie, but there are enough moments in it where it does indulge on the kind of tropes of the genre that are entertaining. I think there's some really interesting, like death sequences in it that are pretty well done. And for what it is as a kind of disposable sci-fi monster movie, i I have to admit I kind of dug it a
0: little bit. I dug it more in the sense of. I wanted to go see the movie. I actually kind of was excited about checking this one out. And there was definitely a feeling of, oh, this could be campy. This could be fun. You know, there's a lot they could probably do with this. Maybe the production design will be uh, brilliant and, you know, there'll be some good scares. But it didn't have any of that for me. I mean, when I watched this movie, A, I was never scared at any point. It, it wants so hard to be alien underwater oh, yes. instead of in space. That it's almost laughable at a certain point when uh, you actually do get your first glimpse of what one of the creatures looks like. They put it on the, the slab of the table and you're just like, are we watching Alien right now? This is like, like literally carbon copy of Alien.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, usually I don't knock movies too much for that because even Alien is a ripoff of many movies that came before it. But like the production design of this movie – they make the set look like the Nostromo. <laughs> like It's almost like... Oh, yeah, totally. ...hiding that it is really referencing Alien. And I do think they kind of go back to that as a bit of a crutch for the
0: film. Did you also get the impression that the uh, creatures looked a little bit like um, the creatures from Cloverfield? Yeah, a, a little bit. I, I do kind of feel like they
1: do have a little bit of sort of like a Lovecraft vibe going on. And there isn't there... And I think that kind of... Is an undercurrent throughout the entire movie in terms of the setting and the mood, and I did kind of appreciate that. It's not terribly creative, but I do appreciate it a little bit.
0: So to steal a line that was often used uh, on this podcast to describe uh, the Joker, uh, this movie doesn't have an original bone in its body. In my opinion, it
1: it doesn't. It's not original. The characters are pretty much non-existent. And this movie actually has a really weird structure where it begins sort of in the middle. It it starts off like right away. Like, boom, we're in the
0: action. And there's a part (laughs) of me
1: that's almost appreciative that it just gets right to it. But the, the trade off yeah. is that we then don't get any context about what's happening and who these people are and what environment they're in. And I think that trade off does mean you lose a lot of investment that you could get in these characters, which even if the story wasn't all that great, I still wish we had endearing characters that we could attach ourselves to.
0: Oh, if I'm being completely honest here, I think there is zero chemistry between this cast. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It just feels so discombobulated at times. And um, TJ Miller, I'm not even going to say God bless his heart, he's trying, but he's just saddled with these comedic lines of dialogue that are meant to obviously get the audience more involved with what's happening to these characters. And every single one of them just falls flat every single time. The only thing that I, I, I was able to connect to on an emotional level Was uh, what was going on with uh, Kristen Stewart's character where continuously she has a lot of uh, moments that are thrown at her where she has to learn to make very, very tough decisions involving life and death and uh, dealing with having to let go of the consequences of those actions.
1: Sure. But at the same time, it's not like these are very deep relevations for this character. They're very basic. No, not at all. Yeah, it it just is there. There's enough there to get you by in the story. I will say that I am nowhere near a fan of T.J. Miller, and usually he is one of the most infuriating things in any movie that I watch with him in it. He was not as annoying as I thought he would be. He was annoying, but it felt like he was a little bit more muted this time. So I was at least appreciative of that.
0: You have to wonder how much they might have gone back into the editing room and just toned him down uh, due to his public perception now. So I was curious about that. Um, There's a – romantic subplot between uh, Jessica Henwick and uh, John Gallagher Jr.'s characters in this movie that has absolutely zero development, uh, very, very little investment as well on my end. Uh, Jessica Henwick, for me, uh, she's very, very pretty to look at. I don't know. Did you uh, get any eye candy in this one, Josh? Was Josh Gallagher Jr. pretty to look at for you?
1: Um, Yeah, (laughs) I would say so. But that was about the extent of which I was invested in that relationship. Those, Those characters really felt like they were two good actors servicing just basically nothing other. I mean, there's nothing really that they even impact the story with. And I, yeah, I think of all the characters, actually, they were the ones that were the most disappointing, especially because I liked the actors and what they were doing with them, but they were given literally nothing in terms of material.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. It it just seemed very much like every single opportunity this movie had to get me, very much invested in what was happening on screen. It just kept on fumbling the ball time and time and time again. And then I thought to myself, okay, maybe I can at least appreciate this movie on a technical level, right? I can, you know, admire the production design, the visual effects, you know, this whole movie is um I gotta say, you know, this is a pretty like in depth movie in terms of um just being given a pretty big budget with I I was like I was admiring a little bit at first like how much work must have gone into, you know, shooting with water, uh, the intricacies of these sets, uh, the sound work, the visual effects, etc. And then I started realizing certain things like they were reusing certain hallways um, and maybe just shooting them from different angles to get, uh, to make it look like it was, you know, a bigger set than what it actually was. And, um... I don't know. They would resort sometimes to handheld uh, cameras that were just moving so incredibly fast, like chasing the characters as they ran down these halls and stuff. And I was like, this movie is trying so hard to disguise its flaws, I feel like, with its filmmaking. And I'm just noticing every single one of them, not to mention um, the dark, murky cinematography, which... I have to say, like, during some of the um, – I don't want to just call them action scenes, but maybe just during some of the uh, horror scenes, I, I just found everything incredibly hard to follow due to that stylistic choice. So even, like, the text, I, I i couldn't really fully get behind what Underwater was doing.
1: I do agree that it there's a very murky look to this film, and I also agree it makes it hard to follow some of the action sometimes. I do think, though, that what this movie does well is really providing a very good sense of just anxiety with these characters. And to me, actually, some of the most effective moments of the film are not really when they're chasing uh, or being chased down by monsters. It's actually just them surviving a normal, like, uh, natural environment, like, you know, just trying not to have their suits implode, which there's a death involving that, which I think is really effective and
0: I, of, I like that yes that was really interesting yeah it kind of like took <laughs> although you have it. to admit something yeah the way that those suits are designed did you ever for a single moment buy that those suits as you're visually seeing them on screen were protecting them from that kind of water pressure
1: I mean, no, but like most suits that are designed in movies are completely impractical anyway. So, you know,
0: that's fair, I guess. I I think at a certain point I was just like so because I wasn't, like I said, following the story as much because I didn't care. So then I just started like asking myself other things, you know,
1: and I I get that. I, I certainly do. But I think for me. Because I have such an affection for these kinds of movies, like I really do get into these as like my comfort food, popcorn movies, you know, kind of kind of shut the brain off. I can tolerate those sorts of inconsistencies and logic gaps a little bit more with these types of films if I feel like the subject matter of like the horror is really interesting. and. I found a lot of that to be interesting. I I found that many of the sequences maybe didn't scare me, but they got me really interested in just just in terms of their mood and their tone and how that element was executed.
0: Also, too, I got to ask you this question because, once again, my brain is asking myself questions while I'm watching this movie because I'm barely paying attention at a certain point. But um, did you find that there was a bit of a male gaze moment uh, towards the end that involved – Uh, you know, shredding some clothing for reasons that are still kind of unclear to me?
1: (laughs) Um, I felt there was a male gaze moment throughout the entire movie, actually.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right, so I wasn't the only one (laughs) in that There are definitely
1: some shots of Kristen Stewart in this film that feel really weird at at times. I I, I don't think the movie really – i mean most of the time they're in like those bulky suits so there's not a ton of opportunities for the movie to indulge in that but there are enough where i did sort of feel like huh that's sort of a weird thing that we're lingering on right now why is like her chest in focus <laughs>
0: in this like corner of the screen when there's even a line of dialogue where he calls her like a flat-chested elf or something like that and i'm like what yeah <laughs> well, that
1: was, was that a tj miller line
0: it was definitely a TJ Miller yeah. one.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny? At the beginning of the movie, when they discover his character under rubble and he's crying for help, and she, rem- she removes the rock and we see him, there was a part of me that was like, oh man, can you just put the rock back down there and just keep moving? <laughs> uh,
0: and there's like somebody else crying for help, and suddenly they run over and help that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might have been a stronger movie. LaHaine, <laughs> um, uh, my man Vincent. Uh, what would you think of him in this?
1: You know, I like Vincent Cassell, but I think that he really gets in a rut sometimes where he's just the quiet, stoic character, you know, the leader guy, and that's basically what he's provided here. I mean, you kind of know his fate initially, <laughs> basically, as soon as he walks on screen. So, Oh, of course. Absolutely. You know... Like with every character in this film, there's not a ton for you to latch on to. The the movie screenplay itself doesn't give these characters a whole lot because we're just introduced to them right away and we just keep
0: moving. So like he's not I did I did I bad. wanted to say no. I, I yeah. really did respect that there was an attempt to provide a thorough line in regards to uh, like I said, him um talking to Kristen Stewart's character about the responsibility of being a captain, going down with the ship. Trying to save every single you know person that's a member of uh, of the crew, and I I really did think that that kind of crystallized a lot at the end in a way that I was like okay, like at least this movie's trying to get at something, you know what I mean? So I, I appreciated it for that at least. It has a very basic thematic um
1: kind of framework that it's working with and. It accomplishes that. It's not like it lands it particularly well or has anything interesting
0: to say about it, but it is there. You could definitely say that. Oh, and then there's one other <laughs> attempt at a like a social relevance like oh my god there's like a line of dialogue where they literally say something along the lines of we drill too deep into the earth and now the earth is taking back i was like really <laughs> you're gonna just verbalize
1: that oh well i mean but you knew that that was gonna be what it was about anyway like- oh no of course absolutely i just was like
0: Do you have to say it?
1: (laughs) I mean, this movie's not subtle. Like, you know, I'm not going to spoil the end, but there's a moment where a character is looking at something on screen where some creatures are swimming towards an object and it gives you, like, all the information you need that I don't think that readout would necessarily give you right then and there. You know, the the movie – is not going to win an Oscar for writing. I'm I'm not arguing that at all.
0: <laughs> Maybe. No. That's actually a good segue, Josh, uh, into talking about uh, Final Thoughts, Oscar potential for Underwater, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Final Grade out of 10. I mean, you know, I, I think you summarized your, your thoughts pretty well, but is there anything that uh, you want to touch on that you didn't get a chance to mention here?
1: You know, I, I just really want to say
0: that I think this movie
1: very much is like – basic, it's pretty dumb, it's pretty sloppy. Like, I'm not going to argue that this is, like, a great film. But I also think that there are enough moments in here that I was really, really riveted by. And, you know, we don't get to see a ton of, like, really hero shots, quote-unquote, of the monsters, but I think that they do have an interesting design to them. There's a reveal later on of, like, a really bigger creature that I think is pretty effective. And I think that there are there's a lot of stuff in this film that gives you what you're looking for. If you want some like very inventive monster, maybe not too inventive, but just really kind of thrilling monster movie moments. And I really do think that the, like the kills in this movie, I mentioned it earlier, but I, seriously, there's some stuff in this film that is kind of disturbing to me and like disturbing in a good way, if you can imagine that. And I didn't expect that from a movie like underwater. And I have to, Give the movie credit at least for that.
0: No, you're right. Uh, some of the kills were pretty decent at times, I will I will definitely admit. Um, one other thing that just kind of popped in my head that I want to ask you, Josh, I know that based on uh, everything that's been reported about this movie, that this is not a Cloverfield universe film. But there is absolutely nothing in this movie that would contradict that if somebody were to say that. Do you agree?
1: I mean – yeah, there's nothing in here that I like if they said this was a Cloverfield movie like okay I would buy it but it you know not everything needs to be a Cloverfield movie not everything No, needs but to it's connect. just funny to me
0: that like that's the way my brain now is like wired to think anytime I watch like one of these creature like based on earth, you know, movies now, especially considering the design of the creatures was just so similar. Um especially that final monster like you mentioned at the end.
1: Yeah. Well, and also considering that like every Cloverfield sequel didn't start out as a Cloverfield sequel anyway so there's exactly
0: exactly (laughs) yeah Cloverfield underwater um I, I don't really have any other final thoughts other than to say that I was extremely disappointed by this movie I really thought almost every single element of it was atrociously bad and I found myself just laughing at times at how bad I found it I did not enjoy myself even in like in a campy fun oh my god it's cats uh, sort of a way uh so with that said my grade is a really brutal maybe some might say too brutal two out of ten what about you josh
1: Mm. well matt i'm i'm gonna land at a six out of ten for this one actually that's like
0: incredibly high.
1: (laughs) Well, I admit that it might sound a bit generous, but I look at it this way. Like, it's not a movie that I would say you need to, like, rush out to see. It's not. Like, you, you don't need to see it in the theater. But if you're you know, maybe browsing through Netflix and this shows up. I, I, it's like those types of movies, you know, it's like that movie where it's a slow Saturday night. You don't have anything to watch and you want to see like a, a genre horror movie. And it's like, Oh, underwater. I I heard that was out in theaters. Let me, let me watch that with, you know, my popcorn that I, popped in the microwave like it's it's that kind of a movie i don't recommend it highly it's not a great movie it's not even a great film for the genre but for just like basic cheap thrills that you could enjoy i there's a lot worse out there trust me and i think that this one does enough of a good job to get you invested in those moments where the horror is pretty good it's not great but i had enough of a fun time with it to reckon So at least recognize that I can recommend it to a point.
0: Somebody pointed out to me, uh, you're very harsh on this movie, probably because you just came off the heels of uh, watching nothing but award season uh, films, (laughs) some of the best films of the year. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. But I mean, maybe there is there is a standard of quality then. (laughs) And look, I
1: freely admit that these types of movies in this genre are a sweet spot for me. Like these are the ones that I can just sort of walk in and dismiss even some major flaws to it. And if it's working on just sort of a base emotional level for me, I'm willing to go with it. I mean, Matt, remember I gave seven out of 10 to Godzilla King of the monsters last year. So You know, oh, hashtag never forget. (laughs) So nobody's perfect.
0: (laughs) The um one other thing I'll just mention before we go is uh, I mentioned before that there were some moments in this movie that are so laughable, and I knew I had an example in my head, but I couldn't quite remember what it was, uh, and now I just finally remembered. So I wanted to just briefly say it out loud. There was a moment where Kristen Stewart punches another character in the face that had my audience howling in laughter when it's supposed to be this big dramatic moment it, it's like just stuff like that i i i don't, Yeah. i can't <laughs> i
1: mean i think that moment is supposed to yeah it's supposed to be serious when she when she does punch that character i i don't know i think the movie knows there's a little bit of comedy going on there in surrounded in a very serious moment i don't know if it's supposed to be
0: like a laugh out loud comedic beat but i don't know i think the movie recognizes it to an extent well, maybe there'll be some comedy uh, at the Razzie Awards uh, later this year. No, I, I don't. I don't think it'll go that far. No, but, I don't
1: think the Razzies will even remember this movie.
0: Yeah, no. Um, there's no Oscar potential. I'm just throwing that out there, really quick. No one's going to remember to put Underwater on their ballot for Best Cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> hate to break it to you, um, and I hate to break it also to the Kristen Stewart fans. I know you guys are a loyal bunch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this isn't uh, the best representation of her work. We know that she can be a great actress. She's delivered really good performances in the past. This isn't one of them, but in fairness, nobody in this cast is giving like a tremendous performance because there's nothing to latch on to in terms of character work. I showed up. I got
0: wet. I got paid.
1: Yep, and you just <laughs> moved on. <laughs>
0: All right, Josh, that'll do it for our review of Underwater here on the Next Best Picture Cut Pop, on the Next Best Picture podcast. Tell everyone that's listening right now where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at JR Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player, FM, ACAS, Castbox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.